mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to imagine a child who doesn't really understand the power of money, who is given a stack of $100 bills, and now you are watching that child as the day progresses, right? So, so he finds a crayon, and he wants to do some coloring, but he doesn't have any regular paper, so oh, this, this rectangle of paper will work just fine, and he, he starts making his artwork, right? Not so bad. Then he goes to the park, and he sees a guy selling these control airplanes, and they look pretty cool, but most of the kids, they don't have the money to, to buy it, so they're making paper airplanes and throwing them and watching them go off the cliff. It's pretty cool. And the kid's like, oh, I've got some paper here, this, this green paper. Hey, that really catches the wind and, and floats away. And then someone gives him a soda, and he spills it. And being a responsible lad, he wants to clean it up, and all he's got is this stack of bills, so he uses the rest of them to clean up that spill and throw it in the garbage. What, what are you thinking in your head as you are watching this? No! Don't do that, right? I mean, if that kid knew what he was handling, he, he would have acted a little bit differently, right? I mean, his day could have been very different. He could have bought the world's best coloring book. He could have bought a hundred coloring books. He could have bought one of those remote control airplanes with his hundreds of dollars. He could have bought a roll of paper towels to, to clean up this. He could have hired someone to clean up the spill. But he didn't. He didn't realize the power of what he was holding in his hand. And so it didn't affect things. His day wasn't nearly what it could have been. Now granted, his day was just fine to him. He seemed like he was having a great day. He didn't know any better. But if he had understood the power of what that was, oh, what could have been? I submit to you that all too many of us, actually all of us at times, are that child. Not that we don't understand the power of cash, but that we don't understand the power of God and his word that he has put at our disposal. We have it, and we don't always use it. Our text is the gospel appointed for this Sunday, recorded in Luke chapter 8. It's printed for you in the bulletin there. <clears throat> they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. 
When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed in, in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Do you see the power Jesus displays here? Do you see the power his word displays? Even before he got out of the boat, Jesus had demonstrated the power of his word. This was that, that boat trip where Jesus had been sleeping in the front of the boat. Remember this? And the big storm came up and the disciples were terrified and, and they woke him up crying out, you know, we're going to die. Don't you care about us? And then Jesus stood up and he spoke to the storm. Be still. And it was. And then they got to land and here Jesus gets out of the boat and right away he's confronted with another hostile power, Satan. This demon-possessed man who had been possessed by the, the demon for some time approaches Jesus. He was a mess. Naked. Homeless. Actually, he was living among the tombs. I mean, this, this unclean spirit made sure that his host was unclean. And then Jesus speaks. The demons knew it. The demons knew they, they, were, they were done, right? Look at what they call him. Son of the Most High God. This man that no one could restrain. Well, Jesus did by just saying the word. And the demons beg Jesus not to torture them, not to send them to hell so soon. They knew they couldn't have their way anymore with this man because, well, Jesus said so. That's the kind of power we're talking about. Power over nature. Power over the devil. Do you see what God has done? The crowds did, right? We read about that. They, they, they were terrified. They heard what happened. They came out to see it and they saw that man that Jesus had helped. He was dressed and in his right mind, no longer tormented by the, those demons, no longer a, a menace to society, no longer harming himself or anyone else. Jesus helped him. But at what cost? A whole herd of pigs, dead, drowned. That was some people's livelihoods. Now, now granted, God had said that the Jews weren't supposed to have pigs, Right? But the people had gotten used to it. This is just the way the world goes. And then Jesus shows up and, well, everything changes. All that power meant, well, the pigs were gone. And it terrified them. So they, they asked him to leave. Go away. We can't have you around here. Their lives had been just fine, as far as they knew, before Jesus got there. You see, all this power that Jesus had, all this power that the word displays, it changes things. These things God's word does, it does for you. 
And following his word upsets some patterns for you. It changes things for you. Sometimes there's collateral damage to doing the right thing, right? You understand that. You might lose your pigs. You miss out on something because, well, you won't cheat to get it. It hurts to not always be able to do what what I want, right? It hurts to not be able to to avenge my anger, to vent and, and get back. It hurts to not be able to satiate your lust. It hurts to, well, do the right thing sometimes. There's a cost. Sometimes we don't want the power of God's word to, to change it. We talk about being Christian and heading to heaven, and of course that's a, a good thing, right? But I think that sometimes we're like that child with the $100 bills, not realizing just how good a thing it is. It's not just a paper to be folded into an airplane or be colored on. We don't always see what God has done for us, and we aren't always willing to see what he is doing for us. We'd rather see what we can do for ourselves as we, well, hurt those who hurt us. As we take the shortcut to to get what we want. As we make excuses for why we we don't really have to keep our, our, our hearts and our minds and even our words pure. The Old Testament reading that, that Vicar read a minute ago was that warning about people who have eyes to see but don't and who have ears to hear but, but don't. God with his salvation was right there in front of them and they were turning to those idols that God called powerless. You, you can almost hear him shouting, no, don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Only God can save So even if it means being different, even if it means being affected by God's powerful word, see what God has done for you. It wasn't comfortable what he did. It was sacrifice. You know, Jesus didn't lash out at those who were abusing him as much as we would have been tempted to do. Instead, he prayed for them. He forgave them. Jesus didn't give us what we had coming, he took our death wage. He didn't condemn us sinners who caused his death. He was condemned in our place. Jesus did that for you, to pay for your sins, to make you his child, to promise you heaven. And yes, that changes things for you. That makes you his witnesses. Did you notice that happened at the end of our text here? The man that Jesus had helped came out and said, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, no. Look at what he says. Rather, return home and tell how much God has done for you. You will be my witness. And he was. We read here that the guy did that. And the next time then, Jesus came to this area, to this region of the Gerasenes, where where all the town had come out and told him, get out of here, leave. The next time Jesus came, all the town came out again. But this time, it was to see what Jesus would do and to hear what Jesus said, to hear that powerful word, because this man had told them everything that Jesus had done for them. Thousands came. That's when Jesus fed the the 4,000, because, uh, well, there wasn't for all the people that had come. That's a powerful thing. 
That's the power of God's life-changing word. So go and tell what God has done for you. It is powerful. In, in the other reading appointed for today that we'll study in our, our in-service Bible study time, Paul talks about the power of a mom and a grandma living and sharing their faith, so much so that Timothy became who he was. This Father's Day, think about the power of a dad who shares his faith, who talks about what God has done for him. I mean, you've probably heard the stats, right, about dads who go to church. The, the, the dads who don't normally go to church, well, one in 50 of their children end up being church-going adults. But for dads who do regularly worship with their family, well, between two-thirds and three-quarters of those kids end up as church-going adults. That's a powerful thing. Of course, it's not just, you know, showing up at a certain time on Sunday, but, but it's that lifestyle. It's a demonstration of that lifestyle of, of sharing their faith, of talking about what God has done for them. God has done more than drive out a demon for you or take care of some of the, some of the, the bad stuff the devil wants to get you into. He saved us from hell. And now he has put us where we are so that we can be his witnesses. So after church today, go home and tell what God has done for you. He blesses that in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's 